Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman with you on Greeny, ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and I know Greeny always comes in with this Beyonce song, but it's very poetic, <laughs> especially today, because Chris Canty is an hour away from flying to Chicago with his wife because she's going to the Beyonce concert. Yeah, it's B-Day for the wife this right. weekend, and I did not realize that it is going to be a full-fledged fashion show <laughs> when her and her girls go to the Renaissance Tour concert this weekend. Uh, I, I'm... Listen, I'm going along to be support for my wife. It's in her hometown, so I'm just basically going to, you know, run out and grab her last-minute things, whatever her and her girlfriends need. And this is one of those opportunities for me to build up some points on the scoreboard with my wife. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited for her because there are a few things that she gets over the moon about, but Beyonce is one of them. So it's going to be a fun weekend for her and her girls. And I'm going to sit back with the fellas and just, you know, just kind of chill out and enjoy a, 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 a nice weekend in Chicago. So my wife is fired up about Beyonce. I know the Beehive is going to be taking over Chicago this weekend. So that's what my weekend plans are. But Michelle, make no mistake about it. I had a game plan and I am executing the game plan to make sure that my wife has maximum fun so I can use this weekend as one of those reminders when I want her to do something for me. Oh, absolutely. And this one will carry a lot of weight. You're the real MVP this weekend for sure. And whenever she gets upset with you, you can always have that card in your back pocket. Remember Beyonce. Do you not remember Queen B? I was there. Uh, And quickly about the outfits, you couldn't be more right. I'm going to see Beyonce soon with my girlfriends. One of them FaceTimed me this week, and she said, have you even thought about what you're going to wear yet? We need to have our outfits on point. And I said, I have not. It's a month away. We've got some time. (laughs) She already has the outfit all planned out. So I can't wait to see pictures from your wife and her girls at the Renaissance Tour. She's going to have a lot of fun. You can tune in into an interleague battle tomorrow as the Red Sox host the Mets. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Radio and the ESPN app. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Burrow. Touchdown, what a start. Two actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank 'em. The top five Super Bowl contenders. Number one. All right, Chris Canty, normally we go from five to one, but I think we need to reverse it and go one through five because the top okay. three on this list are just so obvious, right? Don't you think? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, let's start with number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. As long yeah. as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are in the fold, we're going to have the champs be number one on the Super Bowl contending list. Their offense is just too good. You you know what the Kansas City Chiefs are going to bring. Chris Jones is still going to be an absolute beast for you. As far as I'm concerned, they are number one on this list by a wide margin. Yeah, co-sign retweet, Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, you know what it is. <laughs> Number two. Number two is the team that they saw in the Super Bowl last year, the Philadelphia Eagles. I expect Jalen Hurts to take another step this season. He had a big, big step forward last year. He and A.J. Brown, I think, are just such a force together. I think the Eagles are not only going to take the NFC East, but I think they're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl yet again. All right, I'm on board. What we got? Number three. 
Cincinnati Bengals, Joe mm. Burrow, Jamar Chase. I think if anyone's going to challenge the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, the AFC is stacked, make no mistake, but I think that the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Cool, Joey B, are the main title content or the uh, the threat to the crown for the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, I like what the Cincinnati Bengals have done this offseason, but there's another team in their division where I like what they've done a little bit more. Ooh. And so I'm not saying the Bengals aren't a top five contender. They just wouldn't be third on my list because I don't think they're going to win their division. Oh, okay. Well, let's head on to number four then, shall we? Number four. How about the Baltimore Ravens? But Hello. with a caveat, you have to have a healthy Lamar Jackson, which is such a no-brainer. It's the most obvious statement of all time. This is a playoff team. If, if Lamar Jackson is MVP caliber Lamar Jackson, completely different ballgame. Yeah, I, I think so. And here's the thing. I think you'll have a healthy Lamar Jackson because you're going to get a different version of this Baltimore Ravens offense. They're going to rely on him to be more of a passer than a runner where it hasn't necessarily been the case in the past. And so I think they're going to cut down on the hits that Lamar Jackson is going to take by being able to spread that offense out and utilize all of those receivers they've been able to put around him. Where you looked at them in the past and said they lacked depth in the receiving core, that's not the case anymore because they've got Zay Flowers, they've got Odell Beckham, They've got Rashad Bateman and they've got Devin DuVernay, not to mention all-world tight end Mark Andrews. So I, I like the Baltimore Ravens. And remember, that defense was transformed when they traded for Roquan Smith last year. Mm-hmm. I think that's the team that should be the favorite to win the AFC North going into 2023. Okay. I got, I'm glad I got your team in there. Next one. Number five. Finally, I'm going with a team that's a playoff team regardless of who's under center, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're going to win the NFC West. It doesn't really matter if it's Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, you, me, whoever. Kyle Shanahan's going to find a way to get the quarterback who's there to win in his system. Uh, I think Steve Wilkes is going to continue to uh, have that defense be where it was last season, and I think that this is a team that we're going to be talking about as a Super Bowl contender yet again. Yeah, I still got some concerns about San Francisco. The offensive side of the ball is one, but you also have to think about um, the talent drain on the defensive side of the ball. A couple of their guys on the linebacking core, their front seven, are gone. And then the other big loss they had on defense was defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. He's now the head coach of the Houston Texans, so how they adjust to that, it'll be interesting. I still think the 49ers are going to compete in the NFC just because it's a thin conference. I'm not sold that they're going to win their division either. Oh, who are we going with? The Seattle Seahawks? Geno Smith? I think, it's the flip, I think it's the flip of the coin with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Michelle, as far as the list is concerned, <laughs> oh I, like, I like the top five. I, would, I don't love it. I would have loved it had you included the Jacksonville Jaguars and oh. bumped the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Jags are going to run away with the AFC South. And if you remember that divisional round game that they played in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. they gave the Chiefs all they wanted. They gave the Chiefs all they wanted. Remember, Pat Mahomes left that game battered and bruised. Uh, If if Trevor Lawrence continues to ascend, uh, I I just think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team to watch. We already know that they've got a coach that can win a championship in Doug Peterson. So I think if Trevor Lawrence can take that next step and that defense can continue to grow, the Jacksonville Jaguars can make some noise. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, the only team you would have substituted on my list, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I would have swapped out the Jacksonville Jaguars okay. for the 49ers, and I would have swapped the Bengals and the Ravens. The Ravens would be number three, the Bengals would be four. But how interesting, Chris Canty, that neither one of us has the New York Jets 
as the top five teams to contend for a Super Bowl. And a Super Bowl or bus campaign, interesting that we don't even think out of the top five teams in the NFL that they're in the mix. No, Michelle, it's a learning curve when it comes to winning a championship. I mean, you don't go from having the longest playoff drought in North American team sports to getting to the Super Bowl. It's just unheard of. So I think that Aaron Rodgers and, and this, I guess, new era Jets football, it's going to take some time to be able to get this team um, used to contending and, and being able to win in postseason football. You have to learn the style of football that it takes in order to win in the playoffs. And I just think that's a tall task to be able to do it in just one offseason and one regular season. Now, not to say that the Jets won't be formidable. I think that team is going to challenge for the division. If I'm looking at it on paper, they probably have the fewest questions of any team in that division. So I like a lot of what the Jets are bringing to the party. I'm just not ready to tab them as title contenders just because I understand how hard it is to learn how to win at that level. You can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. Well, a team that is certainly hoping to be in a better position than they were last year, and they had some forward momentum, is the New York Giants. But what are they going to be without Saquon Barkley? There is a threat that he might sit out the entire season after he and the New York Giants did not come to a terms to an agreement on a long-term contract. Former NFL running back Chris Johnson joined ESPN Radio. And Chris Canty, one of the big questions is, if he does sit out, what's that going to do to his body? How long will it take to get into football shape if you do indeed hold out for that length of time? Here's Chris Johnson, who did hold out, talking about that. I don't think I got into full stride until maybe week six, seven. We're talking about a whole training camp that you're missing. That's a month of straight football, getting in football shape, doing all the stop-and-go moves and all that type of stuff, getting on the same page with your line. Like, when I first came back, my stats was like 40 yards, 60 yards, 20 yards, 15 yards, 70 yards. And then once I hit my stride, my first game back, I think it was like Tampa. So I had 190 five yards. So then I started to hit my stride just getting in football shape, getting in chemistry right with the offensive line and just the whole thing as a whole. But that that is serious, man. It's hard to hold out a whole training camp and come right back in for the season and be the same guy. Well, listen, he doesn't have to be the same guy, Michelle, at least not for his interest. Right. Saquon Barkley is just trying to get through this year healthy, no major injuries Mm -hmm. so he can go into free agency again next year. That's what it's all about. At this point, it's not about being the all-world running back for the New York Giants and helping them win and being the focal point of their offense. For Saquon, it's all about getting through 2023 without any injuries. That's the only thing that can be held against him when it comes to him getting his bag in 2024 is if he gets injured this year. But if he doesn't play in a couple of games because he's getting acclimated to football movements – or if he's executing a hold-in at some point during the season, nobody is going to hold that against him because everybody understands what's happening contractually with the running back market. The only way Saquon Barkley loses value this year is if he gets hurt again. Because now all of a sudden you're talking about a guy that has only had two full seasons in six years in the National Football League. That, you know, teams aren't paying guys on long-term deals because of what they've done in the past. They're paying you based on what they think you'll do in the future. And so for Saquon, the most important thing is to stay healthy. It's not about the Giants' interest. It's about his interest. Now, if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, do you like it? No, but it's the bed that you made when you decided to, to, to stonewall him with the negotiations and take this stance when it comes to running back's contract. 
He's Chris Canty. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, will this be a one-and-done year for Aaron Rodgers? We're going to discuss it on Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Greeny, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And for a team that has an historic playoff drought, Chris Canty, the expectations couldn't be higher for them. Playoffs are not going to be good enough. It's Super Bowl or bust. It's win the Super Bowl, hoist the Lombardi with Aaron Rodgers as your new quarterback, or the season is a failure for the New York Jets. Ah, See, here's the one thing I would say, just to push back on the failure aspect of it. It might not be mission accomplished if they win the Super Bowl, but the Jets just got to change their culture of losing. Mm -hmm. Like They have the longest playoff drought in North American team sports. Something about that has to change, and Aaron Rodgers could go a long ways to doing that. So if you're telling me that the Jets get to the divisional round and then you're talking about them running it back in 2024 and they're back in the playoffs, then all of a sudden you can talk about an environment that, that fosters winning, that fosters the development of young players, guys realizing their full potential. And I think getting that franchise back on track, uh, it, it would be a huge boon for, for Joe Douglas and Rob Sala. So I'm with you. Like the ultimate goal – the ultimate return on the investment would be to hold up the Lombardi Trophy, but just being consistently competitive is a win for the Jets. Well, let's bring in our ESPN NFL reporter, Jeff Darlington, who joins us now. Jeff, thanks so much for the time. Aaron Rodgers spoke yesterday at training camp wearing number eight for the first time in New York. He said, quote, the Jets gave up a lot for me. To play one year would be a disservice. There had been a lot of conversations about how long Aaron Rodgers might want to continue to play as he enters his year 40 season. How likely do you think it is that we will see Aaron Rodgers in the NFL for more than a year? Uh, I think it's likely. I would actually say that I mean, at least two years. But beyond that, I think the question becomes how much does he want to play from a mental standpoint? Tom Brady, you had to basically claw him away from the NFL um, to the point where people still don't believe he's done, even though I promise you he's done. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out of a darkness retreat considering retirement. I I don't think Brady's mind ever really got to that point. So, you know, I I don't know that he's conditioned to play till he's 45, but he certainly – 
seems um, renewed and refreshed right now to where I certainly think we can consider at least two more seasons, if not three. Jeff, looking at the Crosstown Giants, the headline that they've got going in the training camp is about a player that won't be there, that being Saquon Barkley, their franchise tag player. On Ross Tucker's podcast this week, uh, J.C. Treader, who is um, the head of the Players Union, came out and said he can't publicly recommend that a player fake injuries in order to sit out and gain more leverage. But, but could you see a scenario where Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs execute a hold-in during the regular season? I, I think it'd be complicated. Um, you know, maybe he tries because I think in his mind and Josh Jacobs' mind, they're saying, well, the NFL is messing with us by be, allowing the franchise tag, so we're going to mess back with them. Um, you know, I, I, it's, certainly, it's certainly possible. I would say that even if he has the slightest tweak in any regard, uh, he can find a way to sit out. I think the trouble that these guys face with this is they're kind of have to – they should at all costs protect their bodies. That's great. But they also have to remember that they still want to get paid after this season. Um, so I'm not saying that they have to, tr- quote-unquote, try out for any teams. They've put certainly enough to, to make their mark and to show what their value seemingly should be. But I do think that they've got to both keep a mindset that they've got to do what's best for them not necessarily what's going to spite the team that they play for. So, mm. hey, look, they tweak their hamstring and they don't want to push it any further uh, by all means. But I think the idea of doing a hold in uh, can get very sticky and, and, and really, you know, derail two very, very obviously promising careers. Our ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington joining Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman here on Greeny. Another player who is considering not reporting to training camp and who is unhappy with his contract is Zach Martin. We know what he means to the Cowboys. We know what he means to that offense. Given all of that, do you think we see the Cowboys acquiesce to what he wants contractually? Probably. I mean, to a degree. Maybe not a long-term deal, but if you can find a way to throw in the type of reachable incentives that get him better money than being $7 million behind the top paid guard. Great idea. But otherwise, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if the long-term deal is exactly what he wants. I think it just depends on exactly what it is he's looking for. Jeff, the word on the street in Dallas is that the organization would like to get long-term deals done with CD lamb and Trevon Diggs in training camp. How would that further complicate Zach Martin's contract request? Well, I mean, look, the Cowboys have a lot of teams that they need to pay right now. Or players, I'm sorry, that they need to pay. Uh, Diggs is really the only guy who's up right now. So that being the most pressing matter, he's in the final year. The other guys, Stephen Jones believes that he can manage the cap. I don't think Zach Martin necessarily impacts uh, the long-term perspective. Uh, I I think they can find a way to, to figure this out without it being too damning. Our ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington joining us here on Greeny. And Jeff, we've talked so much about Aaron Rodgers and the expectations for him with his new team and the Jets. What about the guy that's replacing him in Green Bay, Jordan Love? What are your expectations for Jordan Love and the Packers this season? You know, uh, Matt LaFleur has been pretty quick up front to say we should kind of temper our expectations for Love. But ultimately, I do think that he is, um, he's, I mean, look, it's as much on the organization as it is on Love. If anybody's He's playing for his own job, but he's also seemingly playing for the jobs of those in the front office as well. Jeff, down in Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers are not expected to play Bryce Young a whole lot during uh, during training camp in the preseason. They're going to feature Matt Corral. 
What do we know about what the starting quarterback battle will be down in Carolina between him and Andy Dalton? Look, I mean, I can't see this going any other way. I mean, this is when you make the number one pick, you do it with good reason. Um, You know, anytime any GM says that someone uh, is going to take a break, we know how that goes. You're talking about Bryce Young, right? Yeah, talking about Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, look, I thought one of the biggest mistakes that Urban Meyer made early on among the litany, obviously, of mistakes that Urban Meyer made was not giving Trevor Lance first-team reps right out of the gates. Should have done that right away. You're, you're, you're stunting the progress of your obvious starter if you don't do it. Our ESPN NFL reporter, Jeff Darlington. Jeff, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, and coming up next on Greeny, is Justin Fields a top five all-time running back? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. Chris Canty, we have to let this breathe just a little bit. Beautiful voice of Tony Bennett. Oh, no doubt, especially on a day like today. We celebrate his legacy. Yes. Tony Bennett, one of the goats, man. Yes. 96 years old, Michelle, 96 years old. 96 years old, Tony Bennett passing away today, one of the great vocalists of our time. And Chris Canty, you know what I think is amazing is I always thought if I would be really good at something that in a certain chapter of my life, I would want to hang it up. I would want to relax. I'm on a boat somewhere. Tony Bennett, until recently, was making music with Lady Gaga. We saw him performing. He still had it. Oh, yeah, he was doing his thing. Like, I mean, I know there's the Keys guy, the most interesting man in the world, but, I mean, you could give Tony Bennett that moniker as well. I mean, he did it He did it his way. He's a phenomenal artist, and he's iconic, and that's what we're going to remember about him. But, I mean, 96 years old, Michelle, that is an awesome contract. I would sign up for that right now. It's a good run. He lived a good yeah. life. Yeah. What, what a legend. To say the least. Tony Bennett. Uh, well, we have some news Chris, coming out of the NFL. So Jacksonville Jaguars assistant strength coach Kevin Maxson, he came out publicly as gay yesterday. He did an interview without sports. And here's the quote. He said, I don't want to feel like I have to think about it anymore. I don't want to have to feel like I have to lie about who I am or seeing why I'm living with someone else. I want to be vocal and supportive people living how they want to live. But I also just want to live and not feel fear about how people will react. So with Kevin Maxson coming out as gay, he's the first known openly gay male coach in the NFL and in all of American men, men's professional sports. Good for Kevin Maxson. Mm-hmm. I mean, having the opportunity to live your truth and with the platform that he has in the National Football League, not feeling like he has to shy away from his true identity. I, I, I love this, Michelle. I love that it's moving in this direction culturally for the sport. Think back to a couple of years ago where Carl Nassib became – the first active out, outwardly out, out in, 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 in gay player in the National Football League to mm-hmm. actually play in a game. And so to see that's the direction that it's going where we've normalized people living their authentic truths and, and, and being their true selves. And I, I, I'm exci- I, I appreciate that that's where the National Football League is because I can tell you when I was in the National Football League, there were different attitudes toward the LGBTQ community. And so I'm glad that we're now normalizing um, uh, uh, members of that community being a part of the National Football League, and we're accepting it and embracing it. Absolutely. And 
uh, from Michael Sam, Carl Nassib, Kevin Maxson, the the more people that come out and live their truths and publicly share that with NFL fans, the more normalized it's going to be and where it won't even be a headline one day. Uh, yeah. Well, another headline, Chris Canty, was about Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. So we've all, well, I don't, if, if you haven't been watching the NF, or the Netflix quarterback show, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. I think that they did such a good job with it. I know you've been watching it as well. But yep. there's a, an additional little piece of content that's coming out of it. It's an eight-minute bonus content from quarterback where there's joint interviews from the subjects of the show and Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins Marcus Mariota they're the three subjects that are featured in it but Patrick Mahomes was asked who is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL and he turns and points to Kirk Cousins he says quote Mm. I think this guy right here I mean if you look at Kirk over here man he wins every year he puts up great stats he did it in Washington he does it in Minnesota talk to any other quarterbacks in the league and they're going to say the same thing Marcus Mariota echoed those sentiments he says I would agree with that I've been in a few systems with a few coaches and a lot of the tapes that we would watch was of Kirk a guy consistently year in and year out continues to prove why he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league so what do you think is Kirk Cousins the most underrated quarterback in all of the NFL I will say this Michelle I mean the guy is consistent if nothing else Uh, I mean over the last Eight seasons, he's had seven years where he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. He's averaging around 30 touchdown passes every season. I mean, he's a really good quarterback. Now, is he a guy that is a difference maker? It remains to be seen. I think people want to see him have success in the postseason. I think he's only got one postseason win on his resume, so that has to change. But, I mean, yeah, this is a guy that you're going to have a hard time finding a better quarterback then. And that's why he continues to get guaranteed contract Mm -hmm. after guaranteed contract. So maybe there's something to what Patrick Mahomes is saying. Now, I will also note that Kirk Cousins has had some damn good receivers to throw the football to, Mm -hmm. whether it's Steph Diggs, Adam Thielen, now Justin Jefferson, who's arguably the best in the business. They just drafted Jordan Addison. They traded for TJ Hawkinson last year during the regular season. So He's never had a shortage of weapons to work with in Minnesota, but he's taken advantage of it in terms of being able to put together some really productive seasons. I think what elevates Kirk Cousins is being able to have that postseason success. And until we see it, people are going to continue to sleep on him. Yeah, it seems like people always want to point to why Kirk Cousins is having success and never place it on his shoulders if that makes sense like what you said the receivers he certainly has had no lack of weapons uh even last year when they had all of those victories that were so close in margin it was oh well they snuck through with those not that Kirk Cousins was able to help them uh eventually pull out the victories it just seems like we're always putting a caveat on Kirk Cousins success but he is a consistent quarterback he's one of those guys that seems to be really beloved in the locker room he's a great leader he's unproblematic he's he's one of those guys he might not be on the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow level, but he's certainly <laughs> one of the one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. Is this, he a top ten quarterback? I would say so. Is he? I would say so. Yeah, I mean, bottom I, five, the, but I'd put him he, top ten. But but here's the crazy thing, Michelle. When we have the conversation about top ten quarterbacks and Dak Prescott being on that list the last couple of years, I feel more comfortable putting Kirk Cousins oh, yeah. on that list than Dak Prescott. Me too. Now maybe that says more about Dak Prescott than it does Kirk Cousins. But I mean, again. You, you're going to be hard-pressed if your NFL team and Kirk is your starting quarterback finding a way to upgrade the position. And, that, and I guess that is the point when it comes to the conversation of Kirk Cousins. So from that standpoint, yeah, he's probably underrated. 
I mean, we're in a league where there are only 32 starting jobs. If you're going to have a hard time replacing the production that this guy is giving you, then he's got to be a good quarterback. Earlier in the week, Chris, we played a game of trust tree where we went through quarterbacks that we trusted more. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, that's a no-brainer, right? To me, it's Kirk Cousins all day. Yeah, I I mean, I hate hate to take it here, Michelle, but just thinking about the conference as a whole, if you look at the NFC – Right after Jalen Hurts, do you put Kirk Cousins as the quarterback you trust the most? Yes. I mean, right after Jalen Hurts? Yes. I mean, who's the guy? I mean, does it end up being Jared Goff? Does it end up being... Geno Smith? Geno Smith. We don't know what's going to happen with San Francisco's quarterback situation. Is it Derek Carr? I mean, right now, you'd probably have to say it's Kirk Cousins. That is... When you put it that way, after Jalen Hurts, the fact that we're having that debate, and in the in the AFC, you could go, what, one through five, one through six pretty firmly? Yeah. Yeah. Big disparity in quarterbacks in the two conferences. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? Let's bring in our producer, Bubba, for Who You Got. All right, Who You Got, brought to you by Granger. And we'll start with Justin Fields, who said this earlier in the week. Being a historian of the game, watching the game, mm-hmm. if you had to rank your top five quarterbacks in regards to running. In regards to running? Yeah. All and right. you can throw yourself in the list, too. Oh, I am, because I definitely think I am. Uh, okay, so start with Justin. He's in the top five I'm running I'm definitely in the top five, no order, but I got to go with Boy Mike Vick. Yep. Um, gotta go with Cam. Uh Lamar, of course. Yeah. Me and then final. Steve Young. So that was Justin earlier the week on uh, CBS Sports Podcast. You agree with him? Who you got? I have a hard time arguing against him if that makes sense. I mean, you look <laughs> at what Justin Fields is doing. I mean, the guy is averaging last year he averaged seven point one yards per carry. Like that is absolutely insane. I mean, that's that's up there with Michael Vick in some of his best years. Like, uh, I mean, as far as a pure runner out of the quarterback position, you'd be hard pressed to find a quarterback across NFL history that can do it better than Justin Field. But I think that's just a product of the day and age that we're in. Spread quarterback uh, quarterbacks and spread systems. Guys that are operating these offenses in middle school and high school being more comfortable being a threat with their legs. So I, I just think that. Justin Fields, I know it, it comes off as a little bit of a shock for him to include himself as a top five running quarterback of all time, but I think there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. He's trending that way for sure. And, guys, I love his confidence. I love that when the reporter said, you could throw yourself in there, he said, oh, I am. I am. <laughs> Isn't that what you want out of your starting quarterback? Isn't that what you Absolutely. want out of the, the face of your franchise for him to have that much confidence and belief in himself and his abilities? I would always take that as a fan. All right, to the NBA. And, and first, James Harden changed his Twitter bio, just like Saquon did. Now, James Harden is posting cryptic messages on Instagram. He's, he's hitting all the notes. <laughs> what is James Harden's trade value at this point? Who you got? Well, I can't imagine that it's terribly high. His value in free agency wasn't that high, which is why he opted into his 35-point-whatever uh, player option. 
And so I, I just I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that James Harden is throwing a tantrum in Philadelphia trying to fight his way out of town when he could have just declined his player option and been a free agent and signed wherever he wanted to. But James Harden wants his cake and he wants to eat it too, and it's just not going down like that. I think teams showed him what his value was in free agency by their unwillingness to pay him $35-plus million a year on a multi-year deal. It ain't going to happen for James Harden. I think his best option is to return to Philly in the shape of his life and try to, let, to, try to show how good he can be all the way up until the trade deadline and then see if Daryl Morey can make some magic happen in February. But I think that's his best option because right now there aren't teams knocking down the door trying to trade for him with the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. I'm wondering what he's seeing because I'm not seeing a clear pathway out of there for him. And just like I said, I love Justin Fields' confidence. I think James Harden might have an inflated sense of his value in this particular situation. He's the opposite of the way I'm viewing Justin Fields. Make no mistake, he's a great player. But he wants out of Philadelphia, and I don't see what he's seeing as far as the pathway to get it done. I think that we're seeing him post all these messages and scrub his page only for us to ultimately see him back in Philadelphia. But, Michelle, here's the thing. Thing. If he wanted out, he could have been out. Right. Like he could have chucked the deuces. He could have walked into free agency. It was totally within his control. But because the money wasn't there, he decided to opt in. Now, here's the rub. Like, where else are you going to go? Where are you going to be traded to where you're playing with an MVP in Joel, like, like mm-hmm. Joel Embiid? Right. Where else are you going? Who else has that kind of flexibility, that kind of cap space, the kind of resources to make a move like that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very slim marketplace for James Harden services, which is why I say Philadelphia is the best place for him to be, at least for the first half of the season. At the trade deadline, things can change. But I don't think he can put the fat suit on like he did at the end of his tenure in Houston and get what he wants. He's going to pout. He's going to throw a tantrum. But ultimately, he's going to be with the 76ers in training camp, and they're going to have to ride this thing out for the first few months of the regular season. College football, SEC had their media day this week, and Lane Kiffin said this. Just like when everybody was like, oh, we got this NIL, it's great. And then, um, you know, in this portal, it's great. Oh, whoa. Like, and I'm not saying I was the only one saying, I'm like, whoa, this is a disaster coming because you just legalized cheating. And you just told donors they can pay the players. You agree with Lane on this one? Is NIL legalized cheating? Who you got? I don't know if it's cheating. I mean, it's just players being able to monetize their athletic ability, and maybe NIL isn't working exactly how everybody envisioned it to. But so what? Let college football, let the brass cities, athletic departments, let the NCAA as a whole adjust. For so many years, it's been the players, you know, not being able to realize their value and what they truly mean in terms of being able to generate revenues for these institutions. So maybe Lane has a point. But I don't want to hear that, especially from him. I love a Lane Kiffin quote that gets us all hot and bothered. College football is better when Lane Kiffin's in the headlines, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> guys. But True story. Um, so prior to all of this going down, I spoke to a lot of people within college football and, and different coaches, and I was all for NIL. I think it was ridiculous that players weren't able to get their piece of the pie. They needed to be able to monetize what they were contributing to this billion-dollar operation, right? I thought that all of it was time that the players had more autonomy. And there were people in college football that warned me, yeah, 
it, it sounds great on the surface, but the problem is, is that the guardrails aren't firmly put in place. The governing body hasn't outlined all of this and it's going to be the wild, wild west. It's going to be a free for all. And I think we're seeing that play out a little bit. I do think right now it is a bit of a disaster and that there has to be a little bit more flushing out of, of NIL and how players and teams and and businesses are going to go about this because it really does seem a little bit dysfunctional at this point. Well, Michelle, you're not wrong in terms of the guardrails not being in place, but whose fault is that? It's oh, not the athletes. It's not the athletes. It's the, fault. It's the NCAA 100%. and these schools for being resistant to this model for some time, and they were forced by state legislatures mm-hmm. to adopt NIL um, uh, policies and, and accept NIL being the way of the world when it comes to big-time college sports. And for me, this is something that the NCAA should have been moving toward for decades, but they didn't, and so now we're here, and so it's up to those officials to adjust to what's going on, find a way to put some guardrails in place, find a way to work with student-athletes to come up with something that makes a little more sense, something that's more uniform, something that's more functional, but by no means am I for the NCAA or any of these schools trying to walk back NIL. We are here. Mm-hmm. Athletes are getting paid. They're going to continue to get paid, and rightfully so. Yep. It's up to the NCAA. It's up to the adults to figure out how to make this work in terms of it being a, a functional fair landscape when it comes to paying players in college. And I wish that they would have done that prior to all of this getting enacted. But here we are. All right, Bubba, you have one more? Yep. Well, 227 years ago tomorrow, the city of Cleveland was established by surveyors of Connecticut's land company as they went out to Connecticut's Western Reserve and created townships and the capital city. I actually don't have a question here. I just want to say you're welcome to Cleveland from Connecticut. <laughs> Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. Today is National Junk Food Day, though. Do you have a favorite junk food? 30 seconds. Oh, oh Doritos. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'll go ham on the party size Doritos. I'll eat it all by myself. Trust me, even though it's the party size, it's a personal for Chris Candy. So don't try to get some of my Doritos and ain't going to happen. I like it. I'll, I'm willing to fight for my bag of Doritos. Okay, noted. I will not be reaching in for a snack when I'm around Chris Canty in a bag of Doritos. I'm going Starburst, Skittles, anything fruit-related in the candy realm. Thank you to Bubba. Thank you to Harry. Thank you to Chris Canty. Enjoy Renaissance. Randy Scott and Harry Douglas are next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.